Wrestling fans, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And gentlemen, if you have hair, this tool is for you. If you're like my friend Tom, who's hairless, he's like a seal, you don't need this product. But if you're like most of us and want to keep the family jewels up to snuff this summer, check out Manscaped. We've partnered with Manscaped and are now offering a 20% discount to podcast listeners. Use the promo code WCML at checkout at manscaped.com. I'm a competitor. You know, I, I wasn't ready to be done and go straight into business at, at that time. I, I needed to go. I never won an NCAA title. Maybe if I, you know, if I go win two NCAA titles, yeah, maybe I am ready to settle down a little bit with my life and, and go into business. But I, there was a lot of things that weren't quite accomplished yet for me. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. As always, we're presented by Spartan Combat. One of Spartan Combat's athletes, Kyle Dake, is going to be competing at the Tokyo Olympics. Go to SpartanCombat.com to shop Kyle Dake merch. Our guest today, folks, is Logan the Storm Storley, four-time All-American for the University of Minnesota, is now fighting in Bellator, one of the top five welterweights in the world. I had a lot of fun in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the Week goes to... This one goes to my man, Lee Honer. That's new underscore Lee 24 on the gram. 37 years old, martial arts and boxing fan, a big supporter of this podcast. So Lee, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate it. And that's it, folks. Let's get to the interview with the great Logan Storley. Welcome to the podcast, Logan Storley. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, sir. I love having... One of the a Gopher alum on the show. It started with Mike Thorne, and it's woven. Uh, many Gophers have been on the show since, so it's always a always a pleasure. Yeah, no, it's 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 good to be a part of that crew, you know. And uh, you know, like like you said earlier, it's run deep. There's a lot of a lot of former alumni that I'm still good friends with that I didn't even wrestle with, but I met them during my time. So it's it's cool to to hear that they're all you know part of it and being on the show and everything else yeah no i love seeing your i was checking out your twitter before the show and man any any kind of go for go for wrestling action you're retweeting it you're 
put it out there. I just, I love seeing the, the passion for the program. You were mentioning earlier that you think that's because a lot of uh, Minnesota alum, they stay in Minneapolis and kind of stay near the program. Yeah. You know, with a lot of other college towns, it's a college town. So if you want to go get a certain type of job, you have to leave that, that smaller um, college town and go to a bigger city. Well, Minneapolis, we have, we have everything there. You know, you have, you know, a couple fortune 500 companies, um, guys that are in real estate, commodities, everything else. Um, and then you have all your other jobs because, you know, I think the metro area, we're about three and a half, three and a half million people in, in the metro area. So there's lots of job opportunities. It's one of the healthiest cities in the country. It's one of the you know highest paying cities in the country. And you're in the Midwest. And, you know, a lot of our alumni are all from the Midwest. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great area. I used to go up there for a sales gig last job I had, but you're initially from South Dakota though. And I was stunned to hear that you and Brock Lesnar from the same town. Tell me about your childhood and where you grew up, man. I grew up on a, on a farm, um, about 20 minutes from Webster. So my, my elementary school was, I had 10 kids in my class until fifth grade. What? And I was the biggest class. So 10 my, kids. Yeah. So my sister had, I think there was five of them. So it was, oh, it's a farming community, really rural. Um, and that's what it was. And then it shut down in t- my sophomore year, the school shut down. Um, but I, I transferred over to Webster my sixth grade year because Webster or Roslyn didn't have any wrestling. So mm-hmm. all my wrestling was in Webster. And that's when I met coach Sheely, John Sheely, who was Brock's coach, my coach, um, <clears throat> started the youth program, took the high school program. You know, we won seven state titles, like the most in South Dakota and the bees. Um, you know, and he put, he was a farmer too, but he put his heart and soul into that youth program and into, um, the high school program. So were you part of the youth program before you moved? Yeah. I started as, you know, five, six years old. So got it. um, Went over there and wrestled and, but I did every sport over in Roslyn, you know, played basketball until I was a sixth, seventh grader, sixth grader, um, you know, track, all that stuff. Baseball was all with Roslyn. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed doing everything. I played soccer until I was a junior and played football all throughout. And so I, I loved every sport and I really enjoyed it. Um, wrestling was just, you know, my passion, my true passion. Did you ever do the wrestling 12 months a year program? And if so, when did you start that? Um, no, I mean, yes and no, I always did something else. Um, I was, I always played like, you know, even my senior year, I played football in the fall and then we'd go wrestle and I'd go up to Northern, which is, you know, division two, which they're really starting to come on now. And I'd go wrestle with the division two guys, um, you know, during midweek, go get a, you know, few live goes and practices in, but, um, I don't know. I, I just, I made my strides during the summer and it was good for me. I, th- I feel like I get more creative when I take a little time off. Mm. And I was still doing my own thing, um, but I, I just my overall athletic ability. I think it it is where it is because of all the other sports I played, all the hand eye coordination, uh, being fresh, being ready, you know, excited to go to college. You know, my parents never pushed me to 
to do anything really. It was just, it was all me. It was my choice. I wanted to go to camps. I wanted to go to national tournaments. Um, but you know, I really started, I guess my junior and senior year, um, in the spring, I would kind of transition between MMA and wrestling. Um, in high school, in high, I had three amateur fights in high school. So my first fight was, I was 16. Jesus. Uh, I enjoy, I, you know, Brock was a UFC champ at that time. So got to go up there and spent time with him and Tony Ferguson and Alexandria was an hour and a half drive from my, from my hometown. So I drive up there twice a week during the spring and go train with those guys. And so I don't know. I just, I, I like to, you know, do all kinds of stuff. Um, I think the grappling aspect really helped my wrestling with my scrambling and bottom work and, I don't know. You just, you saw a lot of different types of, uh, of movements in jujitsu that you don't see in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Man. I, I love Tony Ferguson, El Kukui. I, I wish we would have seen that Khabib fight. I think that's done with now, but yeah. God, he is awesome. So you were ro- hanging out with him in high school. Yeah. Yep. So I got to, I got to spend time with him right when he was getting ready for the finale of the ultimate fighter. Wow. So, so you, so your junior and senior year, you started, you started wrestling more. Were you ever doing like far? I know you were one Fargo once, but did you do that like every year or just like a couple of years? Uh, I, I went there twice. I went there my freshman year. I got beat out. I was a match before. Um, I didn't like, I, I, South Dakota was AAU, not USA. So our freestyle program compared to Minnesota, it's not even comparable. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to do much better. Um, we're starting to actually have freestyle, but when I was even in high school, we had little to no freestyle program. There was no tournaments, you know? And then when I was at university of Minnesota, it's all gophers who are coaching these six, seven, eight, to, you know, seeing, you know, kids in high school, they're getting coached by the best guys in freestyle. And so it, it, the differences were just, it's so crazy. Um, but South Dakota is starting to really make changes and starting to get kids more excited about freestyle and Greco. And when I was in high school, we just didn't have that, you know, um, like I said, a whole state is 850,000 people and wow. average to drive anywhere, you know, to drive to the area of town, it's an hour, 45 minutes to a, the, the bigger town, which is for me was 28,000 people. That was the big town. Dude, and, I, I was I was gonna ask you because gonna ask you how you got competition because for folks who don't know, you won uh, six state titles, uh, only had three losses across like two hundred and seventy matches, and so your junior and senior year, you got to just be pinning kids left and right. How are you getting good goes at practice like during the week? Is it to that Division two pro? Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's just me uh, trying to find. Uh, trying to find the right way of wrestling live, but also drilling, really honing in on those skills. And, um, but then, you know, my senior year I, I lost, you know, I got upset, uh, by Preston Lehman. Um, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, the guy recording it, it's like, Oh, here comes the tech fall. And then you shoot in and they, you know, they hit like a, like a gator whip over whatever that's called. Like there's a hundred names for that, but yeah, cement mixer, he hit me with that. And he, um, but no, it was just, you know, like my teammates, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of drilling. Um, and my coaches found a way, my, my assistant coach was, they were both division two wrestlers. And so Sheely's son, John Sheely's son, Dave was there. And then my other John Latham, 
he they he wrestled at Shadron, maybe Division three, and then the other one was at Northern State Division two. So they pushed me, and um, but we just drilled a lot. But then it was all I'd wrestle in a lot of national tournaments, mm-hmm. you know, from starting freshman year, um, and that the Vir- Virginia Beach and Iowa, you know, I forget whatever it's called, and right. Virginia Beach again, and then one Fargo, and went to Disney Duels, and that's really how I go compete against the best guys in the country is I can, I can beat these guys. And then that gives you your confidence for the whole year. You know, really for me was, okay, this is how I, I keep improving is working on these few small details and kind of going from there. And were your parents competitive and athletic? Uh, my, my mom played uh, division three basketball and then my dad, uh, high school athlete, but he, he helped, uh, take over the farm, you know, they're both workers, you know, and that's really, I, you know, where I got my, I guess my competitive edge is just, you know, being successful in life, but being successful in, in, um, in sport, you know, and, and so they, that they instilled that hard work and, and showing up on time and doing the right things and, and find a way to find a way to be successful, you know, and it doesn't matter that you're from a town of 220 people, you know, you can go out and compete with the the best guys in in the world. And so um, that's really what, what made me, I guess, not question everything and be confident in myself. I got to ask you, how close were you to going to Nebraska over Minnesota? It was close. It was, um, that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made at that point in my life. It was, I, Mark Banning and me were really close. I, Kokesh was there, which was one of my good buddies. I mean, that's another, me and Kokesh wrestled a lot in high school outside of um, competition, but um, Mm -hmm. a lot of South Dakota people around me were big Husker football fans. Um, My parents kind of leaned more Nebraska with the schooling and just the backing that they had and how do you mean by the schooling? Like, like, is it closer or just like it's no, a higher academic standard? The, the, the got their graduate graduation rate was higher. Mm. You know, just the, the facilities were nicer at the time. Um, and my mom was really one, really wanted me to go to Nebraska. But then when I got to campus at Minnesota and met all the guys and I just, it, we clicked, you know, and I said, this is where I want to be. And think is- about the city difference too. You got, no disrespect to Lincoln, Nebraska, but I mean, Minneapolis compared to Lincoln is a no brainer. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's not even a thought, you know, you're, you're around water, you're around, you know, all this beautiful scenery. And it's like, and so the facilities in Nebraska were better though at that time. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're academic and the cafe and all that was, it was unreal. I mean, the locker wow. room, this, you know, Minnesota, we were in the dungeon at the time down below the locker room was subpar. Um, there was no uh, cafeteria for the athletes. The academic area was, I mean, it was okay. But that that's not why I was going there. Wait, so Nebraska has a cap just for the athletes? When I, yeah. And now Whoa. Minnesota does too. Oh. But, you know, they were ahead of their time. I mean, everything was just, was unbelievable. And um, you know, fireplaces and glass, this and glass, you know, it, it was state of the art. I mean, they were ahead of, of everyone that, that I saw. Um, and, but that's not why I went there. And that, that's, I think sometimes where parents and kids kind of get a little confused nowadays is 
that's not why you're, you're going there. Yeah. The facilities are great, but I don't, you know, I didn't care. I want to be on, I want to be with the best guys that fit right for me. And I wanted to go win a team national title mm -hmm. and Minnesota gave me the best opportunity to do that. And, you know, we came close three years in a row and won three national dual titles. And, you know, we, I never lost a duel to Penn state. I never, you know, during my time, we never lost a Penn state in a duel. Um, what about Iowa? Same thing? No, we, we went back and forth, but we always beat Iowa at national duels. Okay. Um, my senior year, we, I wrestled in multiple sold out 15,000 people arenas, you know, between Iowa Penn's, you know, salt, like that is what, that's what I went to Minnesota for. And mm -hmm. my teammates were, God, you know, I had nine, the one year was eight or nine All-Americans, you know, and that those were the teams that I wanted to be part of. And uh, it just, it clicked, you know, I fit right in. My spot was there. Um, so who was the head coach when you were being recruited? J-Rob. And, and then Agam was the assistant? Egan was assistant, Becker was assistant, and then that was before RTCs. So we had all the grad, Kevin Lavalley, Joe Nord, Dustin Schlater. Um, those guys were helping. And so, I mean, we had Ben Burhaw was there for a while before he went to Iowa. But it just, I don't know, it made sense. It clicked. And then all the alumni and everything else really, job opportunities afterwards, like you couldn't beat it, you know, right. and that's, that's why I went there. Yeah. People, maybe a lot of people don't, but I forget how close Minnesota was to winning the nationals your junior year. That that was have been like a three-year window. And I really wasn't like super, super into it, but man, the guys you had on your teams and I got to show some love to my Illinois guys, the Dardanes brothers respect. Cause he was, those were on your, those guys are on your team, right? Yep. And that was, um, yeah, we, we lost by four. I think my, my, that was my junior year. Tony Nelson was in the finals. Dylan Ness was in the finals. And then um, we had, I think we lost by four and a half points. Yeah. And that, that was the most hurt me personally I've ever been, you know, not winning it. Obviously it stung me every year. You know, I was close every year, semifinals, losing, losing. But as a team, we were so close that, you know, that was the one, you know, and it was all, it's your brothers. Those, you know, you worked, we worked three years together that, you know, three, four years. And it was just to have it slip away at the end. That was the most pain, I guess I felt during college was just like, man, we were so, you know, not to get our name up there and be part of that national championship team. That one, that one hurt. That one hurt a lot. Um, the team titles are so hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, they don't, that was 2014, you know? Yeah, I think so. So who was like Penn State's team? Was that like the Ed Ruth, David Taylor era? Or was that after that? Nope. That was, that was Ruth Taylor. Um, I think Zane might've been, Zane might've been part of, you know, was the young, was a freshman maybe. Mm -hmm. um, they, I mean, they were loaded across the board too, you know, and, and Iowa had good teams. And so it's just, I, I don't know. That's, the young guys who come in as freshmen don't realize, you know, um, all those small little things that you do during the year make a big difference. You know, how you cut weight, how you, how you treat your body, how you, you know, going to bed on time. When it comes down to getting that major and doing this, 
you know, and feeling good at NCA is because you did the right things. And the two points that, or the guy on your team, that's not going to all American, but goes and wins two matches. Those are the guys you need to pick up. Yeah. Those are the guys you need to, to, you know, to make sure that they're ready to compete and get them to NCAs and have them, who knows, maybe they get, they get a pin right, in the wrestlebacks and all of a sudden you want a team national title. It's not because of the national champ, it's because of that guy. And, and sure. that's where people sometimes forget, um, you know, guys, guys forget. And so that's what I always tell, you know, the Minnesota guys, um, when I talk to them, is you got to make sure everyone's a part of it. You never know who's going to get hurt. You never know who's going to have to step up. And when you got your second string guy who can step in there and who knows, maybe go get seventh or eighth place. And that is what won you the national title. So I don't know for, for, for guys on the team, you know, that's what I always say is be ready. You never know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, after what we went through with the COVID stuff, testing and all, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows, you know, if, if someone would have had a, a positive test and would have had to sit out for big tens, well now you, you know, right. So it's just, you you never know. And that's what I, you know, the guys who probably never going to see the roster, you never know. You truly, truly never know. And it's like, you, you need to stay ready. So when you got there, was the plan all along to start as a true freshman? Um, yes and no. Um, it's kind of we a big playing, weight to start at as a freshman. 174? Yeah, because I was only weighing 76, 78. I wasn't very big. Um, but I knew I, could, I knew I could compete with those guys. And so that's, that's kind of really what, I don't know, made me – we were ranked second or third. And I knew if I could go, go help these guys win, win duels and get on the podium and be a top guy. You know, I think I was seated for number four, you know, my true freshman year going to NCAAs got second of big tens and end up having, you know, lost two close matches, wrestle backs or whatever it was. I lost in semis and then I got sixth. Um, mm-hmm. But my points made a big difference in us getting second. For sure. And so I don't know. Um, who's was, your Who's your first big duel at Iowa? Like, because that's always an interesting one. Because when J Rob was there, he, you know, they really hated Iowa. Yeah, we wrestled uh, Loft. I wrestled Loft House. We won like a two point. That was my true freshman year. Walking into 13,000 people, booing, screaming, yelling. I, it was a different environment. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It was, you know, you felt the nerves, you felt the pressure, you felt the crowd. Um, but at, you know, once you get in the match, you're just competing. And so I f- found a way to win. I think I won five, two, you know, five, three and, and helped us win the duel. Um, but it was, you know, it's a lot different than it seems on, you know, Mark Hall watching Mark Hall when he went out there, you know, Mark Hall, Oliver, all these guys, it's like, people don't realize when you, you know, get there, it's like, it, there is a different kind of, uh, different kind of pressure and a different kind of, you know, atmosphere and, you know, everyone's on top of you screaming yelling and you know somehow the certain calls always seem to go iowa's way <laughs> did so you notice it though like even someone who's like as confident as you are and as like you know apex performer as you are you notice it though yeah it was it was different it, it really truly was different um but once you get into the swing of things then it's then you're ready to go you know um but yeah, mm-hmm. walking out there, it's it, the first time is it's, it's a different experience. Man, and to get a win there against Iowa and Lofthouse, you know, I don't know how old he was at the time, but you know, obviously seasoned competitor. So 
that had to be a big one. And then your junior, was it your junior year when you guys won at Rec Hall? My junior year was at home, Minnesota. Okay. Did you guys go to Rec Hall when you beat Brown there? Or did you beat Brown at home? Yeah, I lost to Brown, but we ended up winning the duel. Okay. And then um, my What was that like wrestling at Rec Hall? I mean. It was good. It was fun. Same. It's a, it's a little different. Um, it's not, not quite as many people, you know? Um, but it was, it's a fun environment. They're both, they're both fun. You know, it's, that's what you go to wrestle for. Like mm-hmm. I was saying before, that is what you, that's why you want to wrestle. You know, like you watch the sold out football games and basketball games. Like we want that for every duel, you know, as, as wrestlers, we, we want that respect. And so you have to learn to enjoy it right? Learn to enjoy the, the pressure, you know, pressure is a privilege to get up there and, and perform in front of all these people. And then you go to a duel, maybe where there's 400 people there and you can hear like the, you know, chair knock over and it's just oh, like, man, brutal. It's, you know, it's just, it's not the same. And so you, you learn to enjoy those moments because they don't happen every weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you're, so you guys wrestled at Penn, at Penn State your sophomore year, at home your junior year? Yeah. No, I don't think we wrestled. I don't think we wrestled sophomore year. Senior year, we wrestled at Rec Hall. Got it. Okay. How many does Minnesota pack in for a big duel? Um, Mariucci gets, I think, I think for the, we did 6,200 or something, max capacity. And then the barn, we do, we did 15-2, I think, sold out, 15-5. Where the basketball team, we only use it for big duels. Where mm-hmm. Big Tens was two, three years ago, but that'll do fifteen thousand. Got it. Okay. Because I remember watching. You may remember this when ESPN did the season on Iowa, and it was like a five-part show, like early two thousands. And at the time, it was like when Mike Zadek and Jared Lawrence were battling, and there was a big duel at Minnesota, and it was on this huge platform. And I always wondered, like, where was that held at? Because that happened at Target Center downtown wow so that they went downtown where the timberwolves play and sold that out um wow that's incredible Mm -hmm. so they they got the they got the vip treatment down there so that was pretty pretty cool it's right on i think it's right on hennepin right downtown and they did yeah 15 16 000 people downtown you know in an nba arena so they said that that was that was cool, you know, to see the pictures and that's what you know motivated us is just like let's let's uh we want we want we want those kind of duels and we want to sell out and we want to go down there and but in order to do that you got to be a top team and you gotta you gotta win you gotta win national titles you gotta be ranked number one you gotta have exciting guys and so um, but we had some we had some really fun duels. Yeah, I mean your teams were loaded. And you talk about exciting guys at Minnesota, Gable Stevenson. I mean, my God, this kid, is he going to win gold in a couple of weeks here? What do you think? I've watched um, the two other heavyweights that went back and forth, right? I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Petrus Vili Nagul. Yeah. So I've watched a couple matches um, from 2017, 18, you know, Worlds, Olympics. Um, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think there's, anyone I don't think they realize how fast he runs the corner mm-hmm. and I mean unless something crazy happens obviously there's a lot of pressure he's a young kid he's 21 um 
So my biggest thing is go there, have fun, open up, whatever happens, happens, right? At the end of the day, it is what it is. But I just don't understand how, me personally, how they're going to get to his legs. Because this speed difference is crazy. And so if they open up and shoot like, uh, like he does, I, I just see Gable running the corner on him over and over. And obviously they've game planned for months, you know, since they've seen Gable and, mm-hmm. and they're going to have, you know, they're the best in the world. And so they're going to have their own game plan, but I just, their athletic ability is not the same as Gable's and their, their speed is not the same. Now they're, they're definitely more veterans than Gable, but mm-hmm. I really don't, I don't see them getting to a, you know, get into his legs easily at all. And Gable doesn't seem like someone who lacks any confidence under the big lights. No, no <laughs> he loves it. He's, he, you know, he's an entertainer. He loves to go out there, put on a show, score points, you know, and, and, he, and he enjoys it. And I think, um, I think he's really going to go there and, and win gold. I, that's what I truly, truly believe. Um, and he just, man, it, in the last year just the difference of his wrestling it's unbelievable you know watching Wiz from i think he beat him four two right or a close match got Mm -hmm. that finally got that win over him and then he goes and texts him and it's not even really wasn't even close and man he just made a huge strides and and i really really think that he's riding this wave of nca olympic trials and now going right into olympics and just keep it rolling open up and, and he's a uh, young man yeah is he a sophomore or junior junior but everyone got this year right yeah so he would be a senior but now because of the covid year whatever okay got it so he technically yeah. has two ncaa years left okay and <laughs> so, and hopefully he comes back most likely he won't who can fault him if he goes WWF or WWE. I, I was kind of hoping maybe MMA, but I haven't, I haven't heard a lot around that front. Um, has he been working out at Minnesota like this summer getting ready? Yeah. And, and if so, like, who, so who, who can give him a workout? Like big Tony still wrestling him or well, big Tony. And then you got Zilmer, then you got Branville. And then um, I, it's the same kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, you're going to drill a lot of little positions and you're going to work small details. And that that's where, you know, I've seen the biggest difference is his counter offense is just shot up, you know, crazy how mm. much better it's gotten. And so like, yeah, you need to wrestle live. And, but you know, who are you going to find? You know, he goes right. out there and texts Gwiz. It's like, that's our best guy. <laughs> so Seriously. Who, who are, who are you going to find, you know, really anywhere? And let, Let's say he goes and beats these guys up. So it's like, it's hard to find him a partner anyway, but you're yeah. going to continue to work on the small details. And I, that's, we've done a, those guys have done a great job at Minnesota and um, I'm really excited to see him compete. It's just a good tradition at Minnesota. You look at all the great heavyweights have come through there, just all the great wrestlers in general. And, you know, we mentioned earlier, but I talked to like guys like Jake Deichler, all those guys still live in that same town and the kids clubs are just rampant with like NCAA champs, all Americans and, and Gable is obviously part of that legacy as are you. And I look back to your career. If there's any one national tournament of yours that I pick and go, what a battle. It's gotta be your junior year when you beat Kokesh in overtime 
And then in the wrestlebacks, you beat Brown in overtime, then Coke in overtime again. I mean, that had to be just a war. Yeah, it was. Uh, I took Kokesh down with one second left in double overtime. And then what uh, round was that? The quarters? The quarters. Then I lost to Howe. Um, I don't know, 6 3 or something like that. I just didn't open up and, you know, mm-hmm. he's a big, strong guy and hard. You know, I needed to use more of my scrambling ability and I didn't, I didn't do that. And then had to come back and wrestle. Think yeah, I had to wrestle Brown, beat Brown in overtime because that was huge for team point standing, and then I had to wrestle Robert again and I beat him in overtime, and then it got Ooh. third, and then Perry beat Howe. So and yeah, Perry, Howe, me, Kokesh, Brown, Evans. Oh my God! I think maybe I don't know because Heflin jumped up to ninety-seven the next year and got second. And all of us 74 pounders just continue to beat each other up. And because like, Brown's a national champ, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking at it your sophomore and your junior year. It was you, Matt Brown, who's an NCAA champ, Chris Perry, and Kokesh. And then maybe, maybe it was how, but like you four or five were in there every year, just switching it up in, in the placements. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It, it made me who I was though. You learned how to win close matches and you learned how to be a competitor. Every time I walked out there in the big 10, I was wrestling one of those guys, me and Kokesh, I think wrestled six times, seven times. And I think five of them were overtime matches. Wow. You know, I just talked to him today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, buddy of mine. Um, but yeah, it's just, we just, we, we wrestle each other so much. Evans, me, Brown and Kokesh in the big 10 that we all kind of, you know, some guys figured uh, Kokesh started to open up on Brown and Evans, but Evans teched Kokesh as freshman year, and then Robert's beating him up. But me and Brown were always close. Me and Evans were always close. Um, and Brown and Evans were always a one-point match. It was just back and forth, back. It just such close matches. And um, But that's what happens when you're all ranked in the top five in the country and you wrestle multiple times over three, four years. How did Kokesh ever make 65? I don't know. I mean, his freshman year, he was at 65. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. That's that's hard to believe. And then did you ever wrestle Chris Perry? Yeah. So I beat, he beat me 8-7 first time I wrestled. No, he, he beat me my freshman year. Close, I had a close match. He was, and then uh, beat me 8-7 sophomore year. And then I pinned him at national duels. And then junior year he beat me another one or two point match because that's a guy who you probably didn't see as much since it's in the big 12 but obviously the the lineage is there and you know he's an elite competitor what do you remember about those battles i matched up well with perry but he was an athletic guy he they always had a great game plan but i could he liked to ride legs and that's where i was good with my roles and reversals and the other guys couldn't get away from him, you know, like I wrestle, I liked wrestling him better than, than how. Mm. And, and, you know, that, that was, I guess a better matchup for me. But then when Perry wrestled the other guys, just nobody could get away from him. And he, he was, he was so strong at getting to a, when he got to a high C the way they finished, you know? Um, but it, it was all matchups at 74, you know, that that's really what it came down to is how guys matched up. And, um, 
yeah, it was, but yeah, Perry, Perry's a competitor and they always, I'll say that about John and, and Chris and, you know, same thing. I like Chris and me and him have a good relationship, but they always seem to put together a really good game plan come NCAA tournament time. And I, I never wrestled my NCAAs, but you know, him beating how and him beating the guy, you know, he just, they found a way to win always, you know, and that's, that was something, you know, I respected of obviously all the respect in the world to John and, you know, uh, Chris, and it was just, but they, he, they always found a way to, to win those close matches and, um, you know, they're competitors. And I knew that going in, you know, that no doubt that they had a different, they had a game plan that just one little, it was nothing major, but it was just something small, you know, that they'd change a little bit. And that's what they were really, he was really good at. That's so, that's just so awesome when you have all those elite programs with all the tradition and they all have guys at the same weight battle. And then at the nationals, you throw in an Oklahoma state and then, the, you know, Chris Perry's right in the mix. And then how, when he was at Oklahoma. So it's just nothing better than a good NCAA bracket like that. And, you know, as excited as I am for the Olympics, I also can't wait for a normal NCAA season coming up here where, you know, there's people going to the events again, we can go to the nationals again and, and really just watch some of these weights duke it out because it's been you know the past years has been such a weird year watching the nationals yeah i mean those those guys deserve to hear eighteen thousand people scream you know that's that's really what what you know these guys deserve you know because when i was there it's just to hear the the two and the you know the the clock and the booze and the cheer i mean that's it was so exciting you know and this year i think what they have 2500 people or whatever crazy it is what it is but it just it's such a different feeling watching the quarters you know the quarters i think is my my favorite a lot of my buddies favorites to watch because you know, that's where all the upsets start to happen and the tournament changes is in the quarters and it is that's the loudest too because it's just craziness going on and this year was just i don't know just it wasn't the same you know here and not here in eighteen thousand people screaming and booing and chanting and so no it'll be exciting to to get back to normal and we need you know it's time so especially considering the year it all broke out it was going to be at uh, u.s bank stadium in minnesota that had to be an absolute heartbreaker for all you and your buddies yeah i mean we had you know the suites and everything else and it was all former gophers 50 right fifty thousand people i think we're going to be there and back in minnesota and we were so excited, you know, just to break the attendance, to have it in Minnesota, to see all the boys back together. And then that happened. And that was just the bid just for the city too, to lose the bid and lose, lose the event and the hotels and the bars, the restaurants. And I mean, it just hit, it sucked. It it really did. And, and now I don't know when, when does it come back? You know, every, it's going to be bid out for the next couple of years. And then, then does the city have the budget to, to win the bid again? I don't know. Right. Maybe. And to have it at the football stadium versus, you know, some other place, you know? So it's like, that only happens every once in a while. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see um, what happens. I think what Oklahoma city and Tulsa and some other places, and I'd like to see it go out West. I really would a Phoenix, mm. or a, a Vegas. And um, I, I'd be, I lived out there for a while. I think, the event events are always fun out there. The fights and like going out, you know, Cliff Keen and Phoenix. Uh, I, I'd be interesting to see 
some other places, you know, I, I think people, New York was expensive, but I think it was, it, you're in New York, you're yeah. in the city, you know, you're where, where everything happens. And I, I think it was exciting. Um, so it'd be fun to kind of, I guess, change things up and maybe head out West a little bit and, and see if we can get some of these, some of these bigger venues and, and different venues, you know, I guess. Yeah, you, it would be nice to show some love to the West Coast. Everyone's saying how we need more D1 programs out there. Well, let's let's give it, let's put a Nationals out there. And you think about now with Vegas and their new uh, stadium where the, the hockey team plays, I'm sure that would be a great fit. Phoenix, like you said, would be a great fit. I used to live in San Francisco, and the Warriors' new stadium is like state-of-the-art. And probably not a lot of people are wanting to go to San Francisco, but it's a, it's a sweet city, and it'd be a lot of fun to go. Mm-hmm. When did you live out in Vegas? Uh, well, when I, I graduated college in 2015, went out to, um, Phoenix, worked with Bader and Dolly, those guys, Simpson, um, mm-hmm. lived there for a year, moved out to Vegas in 17. Um, and then I moved down to South Florida four years ago. So I've been, been in the warm weather climates since, since I left Minnesota, <laughs> man. And you, uh, for folks who don't know, you are one of the elite 173 pound fighters in Bellator right now, you know, on the up and coming. And like you said, you're at this gym with Greg Jones, Henry Hooft. When you graduated from Minnesota, did you know you were going to go MMA? Yeah, right away. Um, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I enjoy, you know, I, I do real estate on the side, real estate investing. And, and I enjoyed that, you know, I enjoy it now still, but I w- I'm a competitor. You know, I, I wasn't ready to be done and go straight into business. At, at that time I, I needed to go i never won an ncaa title maybe if i you know if i go win two ncaa titles yeah maybe i am ready to settle down a little bit with my life and and go into business but i there was a lot of things that weren't quite accomplished yet for me i wanted to be the best in the world i, I want to win gold and and so that's why i was so motivated right when i started and um i've met so many people and just contacts and acquaintances and, and learn so much from the people around me, um, in the sport of MMA, you know, uh, whether it be business life, um, being a competitor, you know, all these things, you know, Robbie Lawler and Mike Chandler, um, have really, you know, kind of taken me under their wing right away. You know, Chandler did and now Robbie Lawler is my main guy. Um, but you know, that guy is, you know, he's one of the toughest dudes ever. And, and he's still doing it. He's 39, you know, Yeah. And that's seven, you know, I think he's been 19 years. He's been doing this and the way he takes care of his body, the way he does things, the way he lives his life. Those are really th- things that, you know, that I got to learn underneath him of a true professional. And, um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, I, 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 as soon as I graduated in May, the day after graduation, I got in my truck and I drove to Phoenix. And then how did you, how have you come to learn the striking of it? Are you taking more of a boxing approach or more of a kickboxing, like Muay Thai approach? Uh, more kickboxing with Henry Hooft, you know, from the nether, you know, he's Dutch. He's got some of the best kickboxing. He was one of the best ever. I think truly he is the best kickboxing coach in, in the world right now mm-hmm. with the gym, the success we've had. Um, but that, that was kind of, I love wrestling. Wrestling's my first true passion but with MMA is I get to work on all these other things. And so that was exciting to me is go work in the striking department, go work in the, 
in the um, BJJ department and then worked wrestling on the wall. You know, just different little scenarios that wrestling, you know, you, you, don't, you don't get to do, you know, because when you're a wrestler, that, that's your main thing. MMA, it's all put together. And so um, that really excited me to, to really up my game in these other departments and, and use my athletic ability and, and use my knowledge of, you know, being a student of the sport and watching. And, and that's what was exciting to me is to, to try to hit that next level. So, but yeah, that's, that's really, um, that's really what I, you know, I'm excited about is, is going to the next level. I mean, for a competitor like yourself, fighting is such a bigger stage too. I mean, just the bigness of it, it's gotta be so much different than wrestling. I mean, when you go to a, a big event and you know, you're, you're in one of the main cards of a belt or it's gotta be huge. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll say this is every, every fight is like the NCAA tournament, right? Because your, your, your paychecks on the line, your, you know, kind of your career, not, not your whole career, but like, making the next step is on the line, but I, there's something special about you only get four chances to win an NCAA title. That's it. That's all you get. You know, I can fight for, you know, as long as my body holds up, I can fight until a lot of guys right now, you look on 35, 36, 37. Um, not that title chance, title, you know, chances come around that often, but there's something pure about the wrestling, you know, about, about four NCAA or going to the Olympics. How many, yeah. you know, you don't get many chances at doing it. They only come around every four years. Um, but there is more on the line financially, um, career wise, um, health wise. So, so yeah, things like that are, are definitely a, a little different with fighting. And you talk about you know, a shot for a title or rare, shots for a title are rare. You were on a, a win streak, had a controversial loss to a really tough dude. Um, is he a, a, a Polish fighter or Ukrainian fighter? I'm Ukrainian. Ukrainian fighter. And so what does that look like now to get, to get back in the title mix? Is it like a two fight win streak, a three fight win streak? Um, yeah. You know, uh, lost to Amosov. He was, he was 24 and all. I was 11 and all. We both kind of knew that the winner of that was going to get the title shot. And you know, I thought I did enough, but it is what it is. That's the way life goes. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. Um, he gets title shot and beats Lima 50-45, 50-40. You know, he dominated. Wow. And dominated so, him like that. Yeah, it wasn't close. That stings, obviously, to me, knowing that, man, that could be you if one judge changes one round. Yeah. And yeah. But for me, it's, hey, it's back to the drawing board. We're going to go get – we're going to go get a win here and then um, we'll, we'll see where the contract's at. You know, I only have two fights left on this, this contract and um, we'll see what, what they offer and if we like it. Uh, but I, I have no doubt in my mind, I, I know how to compete. I know how to perform. Um, and I just have to make some small, small changes. Um, crazy thing with fighting is that it only takes one shot and that that's what's, you know, look at what happened with Connor. Look what happened with, you know, a huge, huge uh, underdog will, will win. You know, it's, it's, it is such small, you get hit on the chin, it's the game over, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the, that's the crazy thing is, is you have to be so, I don't know, so, so locked in during that time in there um, that 
you know, make sure those mistakes don't happen. And so that's, that's kind of the, the, the one thing, um, is you don't overlook anyone. And people always ask, you know, what do you want next? What do you want next? I got to take care of this fight in front of me, whether the guy, whether I'm a huge favorite or not, it doesn't matter because anything can happen in a fight. And especially in today's, you know, world of MMA is there are so many good fighters compared oh my to God. 10, 15 years ago, there was a huge difference between certain guys. Now it's like an unranked guy might go upset, you know, a top, a top guy, just because everyone is that good. And guys have been training in all aspects of MMA for much longer. Guys are way more developed. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully go get, you know, go fight here soon and go get a win and then kind of go to the back of the drawing board and go ask for a top ranked guy and probably two fights, two, two impressive performances, not, you know, right. A sluggish performance. You got to go in there. You got to compete, be exciting and, and get, get those finishes. That's really what it comes down to. So do you have your next fight scheduled yet? Uh, looking at August 20th right now. Oh, pretty quick then. Wow. Yeah. Five weeks. So five weeks from today. So we're, we're in deep into camp and, and, uh, Oh, so it's set and good to go. Like it's hundred percent. I haven't signed a contract yet. Got so. it. But you're acting as if it's, if it's going forward. Yeah. yeah. So that is in my mind, you know, I'm in camp and have been, we kind of do eight week camps. And, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited and I'm ready and excited to get back in there and, and, you know, kind of right the wrongs and, and, uh, get a win. Man, it's so exciting just to think that every time you go in there, like you mentioned, the stakes are so high and again, wrestling, the stakes are of course high, but once you get to a certain level, there's only a couple of guys who can legit beat some of the top guys, you know, like think about Gable Stevenson, there might be one or two dudes in the country where they step on the mat. You think maybe he could lose, but that's about it. And fighting, you've already said it, any, any, any fight, something could happen. So it's just exciting to, to have someone else that we're going to follow and watch and support you as you continue your climb. I got to ask you, in your trainings, do you ever get to scrap with the great Greg Jones on the max? I know he's one of the coaches there. And you talk about 174, 184 legends, that guy, my God. Yeah, yeah no, me and, me and him, uh, he's, his shoulder's been kind of beat up lately, but we spent a lot of time um, last year. We, we did, went over a lot of just little situations. You know, his – his back and forth, side to side, and in and out movement is unbelievable. Still now. <laughs> I mean, Still. Why, you know, I just. Uh, don't you think he would have been an Olympic champ if he would have gone to freestyle? Like, I don't. His style and freestyle would have been so exciting. Yeah, he's so good at pulling, pulling, and right when you step, he's in. And, and that's his in and out movement of just getting you to step just a tiny bit, and then he's already in on your legs is really, really incredible. And his side to side movement too, you know, running the corner, just like Gable and me and him mm -hmm. kind of talked about Gable and, and Greg said it himself. It's just like, I have not seen anyone that efficient and that fast. And he's a heavyweight, you know? No. Uh, but my other coach, uh, Kami Barzini, um, spent seven, eight years at Oklahoma state, um, you know, with John Smith and those guys. And, you know, he's an Iranian guy. He is, he's, one of my main guys, but he, his detail in everything is just unbelievable. Hmm. And so you have Greg and Kami and it's just a different, uh, the, the amount of detail that goes into the sport and, and having wrestling guys around you is really exciting for me. And it, you know, it keeps me really sharp. And I think my wrestling is, I think my wrestling's much better than it was five years ago.
It's interesting you say that. So you're still working on the wrestling, even though, you know, you're, you're, you know, quote unquote, you know, not quote unquote, but you're a wrestler by nature. You're still working on different wrestling skills consistently. Yeah. I mean, you, I've never stopped because a lot, I think that's the one thing guys get into the sport of MMA and they stop wrestling. Mm. I I was going back, you know, before the coat, before COVID happened, which was what, however long ago it was, but it kind of put a stop to things for a year and a half. Right. And so I haven't been back to Minnesota because you couldn't get on campus, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was but going, going and scrapping with those guys. I'd go in and wrestle with those guys and stay there for a week and, and do my business side of things in, in Minneapolis. And that is, that really helped me continue to jump levels and wrestle with those guys. Uh, and how, how, how many years out of D1 do you have to be until you go back and you're sucking some pretty good win, even if you're in shape as a fighter? Um, every time I've went there, it's been either right after a fight. So I'm in shape still. Um, but it, I mean, it is different, you know, there's something about drilling hard, warming up quick, you know, you do your 10, 15 minute warm up, you do, you know, and then drilling hard for 25, 30 minutes and then slapping hands and doing a 20 minute go and then doing a five minute go. And that, that is different. The, I guess the nice thing that I have is kind of that old man wrestling I know now is kind of force them underneath and, you know, and a little smarter, pick your shots different instead of opening up uh, and shooting all these young guys who are 20 years old. And um, like all the guys that used to come in and do that to us is <laughs> underneath and make us tired. So that's, that's, uh, I don't know. I, for me though, I, I felt really good. Um, and so the exciting thing is I got Mitch McKee down here now. Mitch is fighting, going to fight full time now. And, nice. and so he, he just moved down here last week. And so me and him are, you know, doing some play wrestling, you know, he's a little wider than me. Um, but it's fun to have that high, high level wrestler, you know, that feel again. Um, and so it's, it's exciting. So I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, I think it'd be really exciting if I can get, if we can get some more big 10 guys and just, D1 guys that go finish your, go finish your college career, get your degree. And if you want to wrestle, you wrestle. And if not, if you really want to continue to compete, now you have a different avenue. And that's what's exciting is um, the wrestling people, I guess for me, that's why, you know, Lawler's was around the Iowa guys in that room. Chandler was a Missouri guy. I, you know, Greg Jones, Kami, i I trust them. I trusted everything they say because of that wrestling bond. And so for me, for the younger guys, I don't care where you're from. If you're an Iowa guy, right. We don't like each other, but as soon as you get on my team, you're on my team, right. Mm -hmm. You're you're, I want to take care of you. And so that's, what's exciting for the young guys that want to come in and and wrestle or come in and and fight is that, you know, wrestlers are going to look out for each other. doesn't matter where you're from. All that's, you know, that's, that's done behind us. Um, but I really, it'd be fun to see these guys, um, see more guys that don't want to be done competing and also don't want to wrestle, come over and, and, and start, uh, you know, climbing the ranks and in the MMA world. And so that's kind of what I would like to see a little bit. No doubt. I mean, that's cool. I did not know McKee was down there. Is Usman still down at that gym where you're at? Oh, so he left. So he's at, um, he's in Denver, does some stuff over in. I think he's still in Florida from time to time, but, uh, so yeah. So how many gyms are in Florida right now? 
Miami has two. American top team, is that – that's different than where you're at, right? Yeah, American top team is in Coconut Creek. We're in Deerfield. Uh, I mean, Florida is just crazy with with the BJJ gyms, the boxing gyms, the just combat sports in general, and and the wrestling starting to pick up. Yeah, it is. Wrestling in Florida is starting to actually get better, and um, that's what's exciting about looking at the South is Georgia. You know, Cliffs down there, right? Cliffs in Georgia, they're they got a real program. So, yeah. I don't know. It'd be pretty cool to see uh, wrestling in the SEC here in uh, 10 years. Um, Man. If, if we could uh, continue to have these Division One guys continue to move in the South and look at North Carolina's getting NC State, North Car- you know, if we could get the Southern part of the country to kind of get their wrestling to the next level, I don't see why we can't have more uh, – more division one programs. No question. Especially with Arkansas is on the come up. Uh, I interviewed a guy from Mississippi about two months ago. I think his name's Brian Fox. He is starting wrestling in Mississippi, which is the only state that doesn't have wrestling. Think about all those football behemoths. No wrestling, no wrestling Mississippi. No, it's not, it's not sanctioned with the state. It's sanctioned, but there's only two schools that have it. Shut up. All of Mississippi. Swear to God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I did not know that. Because when I was going to Fargo, like I was probably 2002, 2003, there was only two states that didn't have it. And it was Arkansas, Mississippi. But then Pat Smith and Greg Hatcher, they got Arkansas going 2008, 2009. So now Arkansas has got a team, but Mississippi still on the outs, man, which is crazy. Isn't that I nuts? Not, I did not know that. Huh. I mean, think about all of these athletes that come out of Florida. I mean, you look at division one football talent. I think Florida's got to be top three states. Those think, are all, yeah. I mean, California, Texas, Florida. Yeah. I mean, those three states. I mean, we've all seen the U where at one point in time, the Miami football just had guys from Miami on the team and they were national champs. Like you think about the talent in Florida, um, all those dudes can wrestle, no question about it. So it would be awesome to see, see some big programs, get some wrestling. But I was thinking, we got to have a pinnacle South, man. And you, sh- I mean, all the, all the wrestlers in Florida right now, you're probably the only guy with the Minnesota tie, but man, there's gotta be so many like guys who could be running academies and clubs down there. Yeah, no, and it's starting to pick up. Um, my biggest thing, I don't care where you're from. And, and I've spent a lot of time Jay's me and Jay Rob are really close and, and we've talked about it. Me and Jared Lawrence with pinnacle. It starts in the school, you know, it starts in the school and it, just me being honest is yeah. When, when I guess your, your coaches, when they're not respected within the school and then you have no success, everyone wants to go play basketball or go play football. Well, then when you have real guys that come in that are confident in themselves and have accolades, well, now guys are going to respect that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even about the accolades, but just someone who, who, who's going to be there for the kids, who's going to do things the right way. And isn't going to push it on you that where you hate wrestling, right? You need to enjoy it. It needs to be fun. And then you start seeing success and saying, Hey, look at these guys. They're going to wrestle in division one, division two, division three. Um, and I really think that if we want to continue to grow wrestling, we need to stop burning kids out. Mm-hmm. They don't need to wrestle 70 times in, in third grade. Who cares? You don't need to do that. You know, like, let them enjoy it. Let them get better at the sport. Um, let them learn the little technical stuff. 
fifth, you know, still, you think I remember or care about my fifth or sixth grade year? No one does. No college coach does. And I think we gotten so competitive and singling out sports and like one sport only as a young, as young kids that guys, guys are burned out guys don't and wrestling. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's miserable. It is miserable when you, (laughs) it is, that's what it is, but it is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life for sure. Me, Me personally, but to go through an hour and a half practice and then have to go home and cut weight or not get to eat all you want. You don't get to hang out with your buddies. The, the level of tiredness you get, you don't get that in any, any other sport, you know, besides fighting. And I, and I still like fighting's a little different. Cause you're, you know, I, still I <laughs> wrestling's just different, yeah. but um, I think if we could just continue to our retention rate needs to be better. That's I hate you're exactly right. I hate the people who are like, we started with 60. Now we got 22 and it's, they're excited about it. I hate that. You know? Yeah. I mean, kids are different and it's different from when I was a little kid, you know, the way kids interact with each other, the way, you know, when I was younger, we'd go play football. We didn't, you know, I didn't play as many video games. We didn't have smartphones and didn't have all this stuff. You know, my sister's 10 years younger and like watching her in high school, it was like, she's always on her phone. Like it's just, it's a different generation. So yeah, like everyone, they're soft, they're this, I'm not going to say that they're not, but (laughs) that that is what the world is so you're not going to change it to to what it used to be that's not going to happen so you have to work with these kids and okay now let's continue to work you know let's enjoy the sport you know okay let's get them a little better technically okay now we start when they're older now we actually get them to to become mentally tough Mm -hmm. you can't grind a, a fourth grader like you know like all right it's time you know put 40 minutes on the clock. If you hate it too bad, get out of here. Well, of course you're going to lose them. Why wouldn't they go play basketball with their buddies? Right. And so I don't think you coach when you're done me. Yeah. You seem like a coach. I good. Yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy, I really, I enjoy the college guys, the mental aspect of it and like just working the small details, but little kids, I like working with them for to to keep them around, to keep the sport growing and and talking to other parents and, and I've had, you know, I've run camps, do this. I, I enjoy spending my time. And I've gotten in a few, not arguments, but just saying, like, they don't need to be wrestling 60 matches. They, it doesn't matter. Let them enjoy it. Stop yelling at them. And I'm not a parent. So, yeah, you come at me, attack me. But guess what? I, I kind of know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. I feel like my parents did it the right way. They never pushed me. And they let me – everyone needs a little nudge sometimes, but – I don't know. Just wearing kids out just is not the answer. And if we do that, yeah, we're going to, our sport will be in trouble just like it was with the Olympic stuff, you know, back in 2000, what was that? 2012. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's my biggest thing is I think if we can get the numbers up there and we start continue to increase participation numbers and we get more D one, guess what? We're in a pretty good place because our big 10, big 10 numbers on big 10 network look pretty good. Yeah, they really do. It's like one of the most watched sports, which, yeah. you know, non-wrestling people are just amazed every time I tell them that, but it's like outside of the, you know, the three big ones, baseball, basketball, football, I think wrestling is the most attended national tournament there is. So yeah, um, it would just be sweet to see some schools in the SEC, like you said, adopt wrestling. I, I've been trying to convince my girlfriend when, when we're down with Chicago, which is where I'm at now, 
I want to go somewhere warm. And Raleigh, North Carolina is just like, like a bullseye for me. And I was telling her, I'm like, if I go to Raleigh, North Carolina, I'd be around more D1 programs than I would be in Chicago, which is crazy. I yeah. mean, you think Illinois, powerhouse state, you got Northwestern, which is really close. Michigan's like four hours away. University of Illinois is like three hours away. If you go to Raleigh, you got Duke, UNC, NC State, Campbell. Um, there's, I think App State's even out there. There's five, five or six programs. I mean, that just shows how strong programs are coming on in the Southeast. Yeah. No, so I, I think if we can continue to, like I said, keep our retention rate, continue to grow it in these other sports. And you can't forget, we have to keep the rate, we have to keep the retention rate in the Midwest. We have yeah. to keep these kids. You can't forget about it. And, you know, and I don't know, it, it's hard. Those guys that run youth programs, that, that kids club, that do it for free, that give their time, not Brutal. the academy, not the guys making money, the guys that give hours and hours, those are the people that make this sport work. And people forget that. People forget That's a tough that. job, man. And they're doing it like, now that I work, I'm like, how do they work? go to practice and then see their family then go all day on Saturday. It's like, that's a, that's a grind. Yeah. And so if we can continue to keep those numbers, I mean, look at girls wrestling right now. I mean, it's no doubt that's going to be big for us to continue to those numbers to grow. And I know we need to make, continue to make small changes to the sport where it's easier to understand. And that's, that's really what it comes down to people that don't know what it is or don't can't understand it. They're just done. You know, All right. like, perfect. Let me hit you with a couple of questions. I always ask everyone when it comes to this stuff, singlets, keep them or leave it. Um, personally, obviously I love the tradition, but I really think you should go to your two piece. I think you should go to your fight, Same. fight, fight shorts and your whatever, uh, tighter, you know, whatever kind of dry fit you want, because guess what? There's so many kids that don't wrestle because of that. And, yeah. I, and I, I get it. The old timers, it's tradition, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Who cares about the singlet? If we're going to add 20% to, to our, to our sport, 20% more kids, right? I don't care. I <laughs> wrestling looks the same to me. So. And it's, I got to tell you my, I always tie it back to my girlfriend because we live together but she's a non-wrestler knows she hated wrestling when she first met me now she's coming around to it yeah it's a tough sell though to have kids from parents who don't wrestle the singlet thing and it just weirds people i don't know what it is it, the singlet just weirds people out it's like the number one reason most people tell me they don't watch wrestling or they don't like wrestling and like i mean wrestlers don't it doesn't bother them but it is i get what they're saying like you know you sit down to watch the ncas in front of a room full of people who none of them know wrestling and you got the heavyweight torn singlets. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. No, I, I like, I guess Maryland went to two piece, right? Yeah. This year. Tough example. Cause they had a, they had some, they had a tough two seasons, but, yeah. um, but okay. But okay. Let's say we just focus on the kids. It would help more kids get out. I agree. Two more, two more areas. Writing time, keep it or leave it. In college. Yeah, I guess that's the only place it is. Yeah, but yeah, let's say college. Yeah. I mean, for for wrestling, I, I think you just get rid of it. Honestly, because like people are like, oh, it's 5-5. Five, five, and it's like, no, he has, a, he has a minute five riding time. And they're like, I, what? I don't know what you're talking about. 
And so that's, that's kind of, to me is really tough to uh, it's, it's tough to explain to people. I think you need, like you said, break it down to the simplest form possible. So everyone can just watch it and understand. Yeah. All right. Last one on this, on this area. And then I got one more, then we'll let you go. Um, push outs. Do you like it for folk style? I, I just, I like that guys will have to circle and attack, but some guys, I guess that maybe aren't the best wrestler aren't as, you know, they get an underhook and, and drive it out. And guys that are 18 or nine, you know, guys that are a little stronger, I guess, than the kid who's more talented. I, I don't know if I love it for, for college. I, d- I don't know if I do. The, um, I guess the only nice thing would be is you could get rid of stalling and you could add a push out. Yeah. Like you watch the nationals scrambling is just so much fun. And obviously a lot of that's, you know, the scoring and freestyle can't go to your back, but, but then I, uh, I took my cousin to the Olympic trials this year and he'd never watched wrestling before except high school wrestling. And yeah. he said that freestyle is so much easier to follow, um, which I never would have said that at any of my, any time in my life, but now with the freestyle rules, the pushouts are pretty easy. Takedowns to feet to backs three. There are still some very confusing sequences, but it's just more appeasing to watch than writing. It's just writing is a, it's boring. And it's, I know it's really hard to hold someone down, but, um, and I'm thinking of two camps. I'm thinking of the young kids who are getting started, but I'm also thinking of like the adult fans. Could we get more fans? And, you know, the writing time doesn't add to the fan experience. Um, but I think the push out makes it a lot easier to understand. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, right now we got to get those 25 to 25 to 40 year olds, you know, all the that, MMA fans would like wrestling. I know they would, you know? Yeah. It's just, it, if they don't understand it, you know, like it's a hard, yeah. and, and, and it's a hard, like to, for me to even say some, like, I don't know <laughs> what happened right there. Like, I don't know why he called it. And they're like, why don't you know, like, you know, the sport. And it's like, well, it's, this is what he thinks. And now it goes to review, you know? So yeah, we definitely need to make some changes and, and, um, like I said, you got to make the sport as simple as possible to follow and, and, um, kind of go from there. Bro, the look on your face when I said that freestyle was easier to understand than folk style was hilarious. <laughs> well, well, the, the, um, just some of these sequences are so crazy right now. Um, watching Olympic trials, it's really hard, even, you know, two, three, and then he, uh, some of those sequences, I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know the call. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. All right. Last question. Uh, and thank you for being so generous with your time. We've gone over here, but is your, and I've been dying to ask this, is your nickname for fighting the storm because of the Minnesota storm RTC? No, I think it was because when Twitter first started my junior year of high school, I like nobody used their name. You just, I've just put like Storley storm. And then and when I went to Minnesota storm and then it kind of stuck and I don't really like use it that much, but everyone's like, what's up storm? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like joking with me. And I was like, I don't know, whatever you call me, whatever you want. Like, I don't know if it's my real nickname or not, but yeah. But like would a Bruce buffer read it. Let's say you're in like the UFC. They, they, ask, you, they ask you like before each Bellator fight, they ask me, um, yeah. You want to use it or not? So, whatever, up to you. Matters how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, man, it's been so much fun to chat. We're uh, you big fans of you here uh, in Chicago, my brother and I, and, and can't wait to watch you again. Bellator's got so many uh, fun fighters right now. 
And, you know, we wish you just nothing but the best. And thank you very much for coming on the show, my friend. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm happy to be on it. It's exciting to see what you've done with the, with the show and everything. And so it's, it's fun to listen to all the other wrestlers and perspectives on things. So thank you. Now, I appreciate you listening and supporting the show. No problem. Always. Take care, man. We'll see ya. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off on your next purchase with the promo code WCML at manscaped.com.